Hi, my name is Beth, and I am the host of the Seeking Light podcast. In a world that presents us with growth and challenges, there is tremendous light. And this podcast is a source of light through scriptural insights that I have gained through the years. Come join me as I share light in a world that can sometimes be confusing. Okay, I probably say this every time you join me on a Friday podcast interview, but this is going to be a great one. <laughs> and um, I was in Arizona. I've told you guys that in my my um, coaching account, Instagram coaching account. And I also shared that um, on my last um, podcast. But while I was in Arizona, I was with my two of my sister-in-laws and I had a realization that my sister-in-law Amber had an awesome story experience of ways that she found light during um, having her children, three of her four kids born prematurely. And so I feel like everybody has a story and Amber has a story and I want all of you to hear it and whatever you can feel inspired or motivated to do in your life from what Amber says, I think it's worth it. So Amber, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs> Amber, tell her, tell them how you felt when I said, come on, Amber, let me interview you. <laughs> I, I, I definitely was not, um, <laughs> I don't feel worthy <laughs> for an interview. I don't feel like there's anything special for me to share, but you were adamant that I do. And so I'm glad that I could be on here to maybe help someone out that might be going through this or in the future maybe they'll have themselves or someone else that goes through this to just to have someone else to be familiar with what happens in these scenarios good Amber it's gonna be great okay so let's start off first just because people want to kind of know I mean I've interviewed half the family so <laughs> People probably know most of our lives, but Amber, just tell a little bit about growing up, like, um, you know, how mom, where you fell in the birth order and just give more details about your life so that those that don't know you and don't know me have a better understanding of your life. Okay. So I am the youngest of eight and I kind of tie for the end because I have a twin sister, Ashley. And, um, we were part of our big family, loud family, and I think because they there were so many before me, um, me being the youngest, I kind of made sure to stay quiet. I didn't like to get in trouble. I saw what happened when you got in trouble <laughs> and um, really just like to observe. I'm very much an observer, and so it was really fun to be part of this big family always has been but I definitely stand down and um I can be loud but I can also be real quiet and let others shine but like to in our family so um yeah just growing up with a twin it was really fun obviously I didn't know any different but it was very nice to always have someone else there and for me to be more of a quiet one, my twin sister always 
was more of the loud one. She'd, you know, when we were younger, she'd speak for me or she'd introduce us. And um, there was just, it was just something special to have a twin. And I always knew that. I was always very happy that we had a really good relationship that we always had each other and would talk and um, were close and had similar friends. Um, I knew a lot of twins growing up that there were some that were close that you could tell and there were some that were not. And I remember feeling like, oh, how sad that is to not be as close as what I felt that Ashley and I were and how lucky I was to have that. Yeah. Especially as I get older, realizing, oh, to have her by my side when I felt lonely or when we lost friends, you know, that how did your friends change as you grow up? We still had each other and we could work through that together. And so I feel very lucky and blessed that we had that special bonding together. Growing up. And I, I want to let everybody know that you know, mom and dad had had six kids and they were done. <laughs> and yeah. mom got pregnant five years after Jill. So I think she was 40 at the time. Is that right, Amber? Um, yeah, 40 or 40. I guess she had, like she had you at 41. So she was 40. And um, she thought she was only carrying one baby. And when she was seven months, if I'm not mistaken, she found mm -hmm. out that she had twins because the doctor found two heartbeats. And so Amber and Ashley came into the world and just, I think you guys just lit up the family with joy and happiness because everybody was so excited to have you. And Jennifer was, I think around 16, the oldest. And so you had a lot of mothers, mm -hmm. Ben and Trish and JJ, and everyone loved you so much. So it was great that you guys came together at the end. And so you had the companionship. Yes, I definitely agree with that. And it was, it was fun. It was a big fun family that we, that we had. Yep. Yeah. And you still do. So. Yeah. So tell us, um, after you guys, you got talk about your senior year, getting ready to move on to college, what kind of transpired there? So uh, we had both gone um, and accepted to BYU in Utah, and we uh, headed off there, and we still wanted to live with together. We didn't want to take a chance of having a, a possible crazy roommate. <laughs> we, we stayed, um, we're roommates, and had a really great freshman year, and um, just really fun, you know. It's always exciting to move out of the house and find your new life that you're starting for yourselves. Um, and it didn't come without, you know, issues and hardships and all that with schooling and all that, all that. but um, we were roommates up until um, for freshman year and then through sophomore year and um, then junior year. So junior year, but by my sophomore year, I kind of felt that I was going to, I didn't know if I was going to stay at BYU and I was going through lots of hard times trying to figure out what I was going to do with my life or what I wanted to do. Things kind of changed and I started not feeling right about being there. And so I um, 
Ashley got married our junior year to Jeff and that was really fun because I had a great little relationship with Jeff we had classes together and um we had fun I was kind of like always the, the third wheel and Jeff always helped me out and got me dates <laughs> and <laughs> if it wasn't for Jeff I don't think I'd have much of a dating life at BYU but it was really fun to have them there and uh, we also had Jill there with us for a, a bit of time. Um, one of the songs. And we all lived, Ashley and Jill and I all lived together at a, a house um, south of campus together one summer. And that was really special because um, Jill shouldn't have been there, but she, she went on a mission and she had gone study abroad. And so it worked out for her to still be at school with Ashley and I. And so as sisters to live together, that was really special and fun and um then soon after Ashley and Jeff got married and that was my first time being by myself and of course it was different and hard and um it didn't help that I was also trying to figure out what I was supposed to do and I get emotional talking about it because you know, as I always had her and they actually lived really close to me, like just down the block. So I would always walk to their apartment, but it was the first time I really felt confused and kind of alone as to what I was supposed to do. And, um, that's when my sister JJ and my brother Richard, who lived in Arizona at the time, really said, why don't you look into coming down to Arizona? And the key reason was to, I wanted to go to nursing school. And they said there was lots of other options, opportunities down there. And so I moved down to Arizona, thinking it was just going to be for the summer to check it out. And I got here in the heat of the summer, which was <laughs> the worst time to move to Arizona. I mean, the worst time to convince someone to move to Arizona would be to have them come in the summertime. And that's exactly when I came. So that was really hard. It was hot. I, it was, but you know what? I got here and I, it, the social scene here and the ward that we, I went to and um, Richard and JJ were very good about, at the time they were still both in the single scene and had lots of friends to connect me with. And they really made me feel like, this is my new home. Like I could see myself be here and I felt so much peace. Like when I thought about, okay, I'm going to stay here. Should I stay here? I was like, yeah, I, this is what I'm going to do. So that was really hard to leave knowing that I was leaving BYU, not being finished with school, but I really felt like that was what I was supposed to do. So I moved to Arizona. And what and year was, was that Amber? So that was 2005 um okay. the summer of 2005 and I um got a job worked had so much fun I had more fun of a like the most fun um with friends and the best social experience with people here in Arizona than I did at BYU actually um just always people were always doing stuff and 
I really felt like I became my own here. I really felt like I blossomed. And <laughs> that was really special for me because I think for my a lot of my life, I was very quiet and just kind of sat back and let other people kind of be, um, I don't know what the word would be, but you know, for me, I really learned to talk for myself and um, have fun. People knew me for me, you know, it was, it was just a very wonderful growing experience for me to be out here um, by myself, even though I wasn't really by myself, I was with Richard and JJ, but um, I really felt without having, not having Ashley with you. Yeah. Kind of having a half of you gone. Yeah. So So, um, you met, did you meet Aaron in the fall or the winter of 2007? So I met Aaron. It was the um, winter going into spring. So I guess it's very end of March and uh, through a mutual friend. So this was uh, March, 2007. And uh, we met through a mutual friend he had known from his mission and that that guy was in my ward and we met and we had all gone out to eat after a church meeting and um he Aaron served in Canada and so we hit it off right away because he knew right where my grandma grew up in McGrath Alberta and not a lot of people knew where McGrath was it was such a such a small town so we had a lot to talk about because he served in Calgary and we knew all the same areas. And if anybody knows Aaron, he's very great to talk to. He's really fun. He's just, he's just such a good guy to talk to. And a great conversationalist. Yeah. He makes things very easy and he's funny. And um, so we hit it off really like that first night. In fact, I remembered our friend was sitting between us and he was like um do you want me to move and you guys can sit by each other because we kept like talking over him and (laughs) it's just like a movie scene so that's what we did and we just hit it off and talked and talked and um we went on a first date and then we we met by the time we got engaged or we said, you know, it was, we, we met the very end of March and but we were engaged by May, very beginning of May. We knew right away that we were in love and we wanted to get married. And that was very different for me. Um, I did not want to marry someone. I mean, at BYU, you heard of these stories all the time. I remember in freshman year, a girl got gotten engaged so fast. And I just remember thinking, I'll never do that. Like, no way. And so when that happened, I... You ate your words. Yes. (laughs) Yes. But we just felt like that we were supposed to be together. And um, we got married on August 11th, 2007. So... It was very fast and very quick, and um, but it but it worked for us. So 
who got married in Portland and came back and lived in um, South Scottsdale at the time and started our life there. Okay, so leading up, you you wait about a little less than four years and you decide to start your family. Mm -hmm. And so tell when you got pregnant, tell about how you found out information that you found out. (laughs) I don't want to give it away. Okay, okay. So uh, when we got pregnant, we wanted to wait a little bit of time because we knew we met and got married pretty fast. So we wanted our time to really get to know each other and enjoy our time. Um, So we, when, when we decided to try, I was in the middle of nursing school. And I thought to myself, oh, we'll probably, you know, take some time to get pregnant. Just hearing other people that said, oh, it took me about a year. So I was like, this is great. We're going to time it perfect. And we, uh, as soon as we started trying, I got pregnant. Like the first, <laughs> like, you know, within the first month we had gotten pregnant. And uh, that was a little scary because I was not ready. I was in the middle of nursing school. And I knew with being pregnant, I knew that what it came with. I knew I had enough sisters and sisters-in-law to know this is going to be probably real rough for me being tired, sick, you know. So um, we, we went into um, my first appointment. And at this time, uh, Richard and Julie, Richard moved, married Julie and they, they lived um, close to us. And we went to the appointment and the lady started on my belly and I saw it across the screen and I thought, that's okay. And all of a sudden she said, did you, have you had experience or have you had history of twins in your family? And so right away I knew there's no reason she would be asking me this (laughs) if I didn't, she didn't see something. And so I explained, yes, I am a twin. Aaron actually has twin uncles and his grandma was a twin. So she said, yes, uh, I see you are having twins. And I've How never been more feel? speechless in my, yeah, I've, I've never experienced being speechless until that day. And um, Aaron even couldn't even really quite get words out. And it's not that we were sad, but we were both really scared. <laughs> I get emotional thinking about it because um, money was really tight. And to think that we were, we had just bought a house too. And we were not, I was not, it never even crossed my mind that I would have twins. I think as a kid that I would joke or kind of wish, oh, I hope we have twins. <laughs> but um when I was older there's no way I thought that we would have them so when she said that I we cried um we weren't like joyous (laughs) like maybe some parents would be we were in definite shock and Aaron being like oh no like oh how are we gonna do this um we were very nervous um I remember saying are you sure are you sure like asking the lady, are you sure you saw twins? And she said, yep, you definitely have twins. So I remember going to Richard and Julie. They were waiting for us at their house. And we went over there and and Julie's like, what took so long? And I just showed her the, the sonogram. 
and she just screamed, started screaming. And I remember Richard came running as fast as he could from the other room. And he, you know, he picked me up and he was, all right. You know, everyone was cheering and excited. And I remember I was just sobbing. I, (laughs) (laughs) I remember being so scared. And my plan that I thought would work out didn't quite go as planned, which it's so funny when you think about it because nothing goes as planned. I mean, not really. Um, nothing had really gone as planned. So, um, of course, I was happy, but Aaron and I were more scared than anything, just not knowing how this would work out financially. We were very lucky because of Aaron's job. He provided good insurance for us, and we were looking back now we were very lucky to have and have the job that he has and had them that provided good insurance for us um so that started it off (laughs) later we found out it was twin boys and I was very excited I not that I wanted just boys I for some reason I really wanted either two boys or two girls um I think because there were about three sets of twins that I knew growing up that were boys, a boy and a girl. And they didn't have, going back on that relationship that Ashley and I had, I knew and felt like these guys were not close. And so in my mind, I thought, I don't know if a boy and girl twin would be as close. And that's so silly because I'm sure some of people out there might not agree. And that's, and I'm probably completely wrong. I'm sure there's wonderful relationships with the boy and girl twin. But for me at the time, that I was really excited to have two boys. So Luke and Jonah were born. Okay, so tell about that. What was their due date? Their due date was my birthday, actually, December 3rd. December 3rd. Yep. And uh, I had a very um, fine, like normal pregnancy. I wasn't, I was a little sick. I remember I had a due nurse uh, my clinicals for nursing school and I remember having to like step out when they were doing procedures there were (laughs) so I I was sick but I wasn't like some of my friends who were throwing up constantly I wasn't like that um but I had a very good birth I was still considered high risk so they had to watch me a lot um just with the age I think is what, and being twins. So, um, I was fine. Everything was fine. I went to my sister Jennifer. She had gotten married in Washington, and I got to fl- fly out there. And I got back, and a week after and that, she had gotten married in September, right? Yes, in okay. September. And a week after that, about a week, um, we had gone out for dinner and we came home we were watching uh, one of our shows and all of a sudden I noticed that my tummy kept hurting and I was like that's weird and I I all of a sudden realized that's like this is like consistent and then it dawned me oh my gosh is this a contraction you know not knowing that's your first time what does a contraction really feel like and then I realized this is about to be a contraction that constantly came and go away and then I started timing 
And when I knew, oh no, this is a contraction. And I called, I remember calling our doctor, um, but because they were so close together and it was continuously happening, um, they wanted me to go in. So I went into the hospital and this was very scary because I was only 25, no, 28 weeks. You were 28, I was 28 weeks. weeks. Yes. So um, we went in and they told me that my water hadn't broken, but I was 70% of faith and dilated to a four. So that was very shocking to me <laughs> um, and very scary. I didn't know what that meant, except for he said, you're gonna have to stay at the hospital and try and keep these babies in. Um, so I stayed at the hospital. It was two weeks. Um, I actually think it happened a little bit before 28 weeks. I think it was 27 weeks when it would happen. And um, all of a sudden, randomly one day at the hospital, I, um, my, the pains just, I took a really, I remember I took a shower and I had taken a long shower and it was like warm and I don't know, but it definitely got my body calm. And right after that shower, it, my body just went into ready to deliver mode. I remember I was in so much pain and they were rushing in people to give me a IV and it was kind of may mayhem. It was, I remember just, they wanted a student to try and give me an IV during this <laughs> time. People kept messing up. So in my pictures, I, my arms are bruised like all the way up and down because they kept trying to stick me and it was a little bit crazy. So by this time I was uh, 30 weeks. So I had stayed in the hospital for two weeks. And um, then I went in, I thought I was gonna have a normal like vaginal birth. And um, I got checked out and they said that one of the babies was um, breached. And so they wanted to just go do a C-section. And by this point I was in so much pain. I said, I don't care, let's just go, let's just get them out. And so we went and had a C-section and they were born on um, October 3rd. So they were two months early and Luke was first and then Jonah and Luke, I keep forgetting the weights, but you know, they were three pounds, um, three pounds, 13 ounces and three pounds, uh, 10 ounces, I think is what it was. So how long did you, did they have to stay in the hospital after they were born? So they had to stay in the hospital for six weeks. They actually were pretty good Mickey babies. They were, um, I remember them being very impressed with how healthy and strong they were. And so they didn't have many complications, like a lot of Mickey babies. And they did, they did so good. I mean, of course, everything was so new to me. I'd never been in the Mickey world. And um, I didn't know anybody that really did deal with it. nobody in our else in our family had dealt with this. This was all new to me. Um, and did we were very find... lucky because I didn't have any kids to deal with, right? So it was just I, I just could go to the hospital when I needed to. 
So did you ever find moments of desperation or hopelessness? Or did were you able to kind of keep your mind at peace about everything and find some light? Um, I think I went through different times and periods. I remember being in the hospital and just crying and really scared. Um, and feeling lonely. Just Aaron could come when he could come, but he... I still wanted him to work. I didn't want him to not work. So I think they're just periods where you let your mind go there. But I, I do feel like I tried really hard. I remember having the, um, the neonatologist, I could say that wrong, the, do- the baby doctor, baby that comes in that deals with all the NICU babies. Um, I remember him coming in and telling us what, that we were that we were lucky that we had made it past a certain point that you know to get past there usually gives good um, outcome and that we wouldn't you know have a baby that would be really struggling that much so that made me and calmed me down a lot um after I had them I I think just the, the, the typical, the hard stuff of still, you're needing, to, even though I'm not there with them, I think a lot of people don't realize, like, I'm still having to pump. I'm still having to wake myself up by an alarm clock every three hours to just to pump. And I'm not having a baby, not to get to take them home. That was very difficult. Because in your mind, as you think, oh, when I have a baby, you, you imagine bringing the baby home with you and walking out. And I remember leaving the hospital very looking back I'm like I was sad I was depressed you know there's a sadness to just leaving without your babies and um once again like no one around us really had experience that in our family so that was so new um but I don't know. Is there one time that you can recall where you felt like somebody said something to you or did something for you that lifted your burden? Um, <laughs> you know me, I have like the worst memory. <laughs> um, I, everyone around us were, were so good. They were so good to us. They had, you know, checked in on us. I can't think of anything specific of what was said. Um, I just remember that we were definitely taken care of and the nurses around us were very good. And I didn't have any issues with that. Um, So I think just knowing that when we were told you know, that the babies were doing really good and there weren't issues. I, that took a big burden off of me, knowing that they were, even though we had to wait for them in the hospital, we really just needed them to get bigger and learn how to suck. And then we were good to go. So I knew how lucky and blessed we were. I remember there were other babies in their room. Um, The room that they put them in was like a very big open room. And there were three other babies in there. And I went very often to visit the twins and to, and I get that there can't be parents there all the time, 
but I remember hearing um, and knowing from other nurses that we were very good at coming because um, a lot of parents didn't and these babies didn't have anyone or if they came it was very rare when the parents came and uh, you know that just breaks your heart oh, wow. to know that and I I knew how very fortunate and lucky we were for one that we were able to both be there you know we had Aaron had a job that allowed us to have the time to both be there and um, we were very lucky to have the kind of babies that we had that were very healthy. So I was just counting our blessings. So they come home, they come home after what, six weeks? They come home after six weeks and they came home without any tubes or anything. They were very good, healthy little boys. So and you start they, to enjoy your motherhood. Yep, we enjoy motherhood, learning, learning how to be sleep deprived and still function. <laughs> um, <laughs> we things are very good, very chaotic, but so fun. They chunked up real well. You know, we didn't have any extra health issues with them after they were born, and things are so fun and so good. They were just uh, the cutest little guys. So when did you get pregnant with Eva? What year? So uh, with Eva, I got pregnant and had her in 2015. So I waited a little bit. I needed, <laughs> the boys were a little too hard. I needed some space. <laughs> and Eva was a great delivery. Everything worked out great for her. She was the best, you know, if you wanted the perfect kind of delivery story, this I had the same nurse the whole time. I had the best doctor. I had um, a VBAC, so that's a vaginal birth after a C-section, and a lot of doctors don't don't do that. Choose to do that, yeah. And I actually found a doctor that did that, and she was the best. And everything went so smoothly with Eva. She just she came two weeks early, like any pregnant woman would want, and my water broke. Like every, it was, it was kind of textbook. Like, it was a textbook type of delivery, and, uh, labor, and everything. So that was so great. And then that was 2015. Um, that was 2015, and then we got pregnant with Elsie, and that was 2018. So I get pregnant with Elsie. She was, um, it once again. It was a great. Um, pregnancy there was no problems um, and randomly one night once again we were sitting down and watching one of our favorite shows you should not watch tv when you're pregnant <laughs> it was a sunday night and um i was 27 27 weeks pregnant and all of a sudden i like I had just gone to the restroom to the bathroom and I came back and sat down on the couch and I felt like a pop and then like feeling like did I pee again like this is weird I just went to the bathroom and all of a sudden I thought I need to stand up and I stood up and it kept coming and I kept trying to be like 
telling myself, oh no, it's, it's definitely pee. Like I just impeding myself. And I realized, nope, like this is coming a lot. And I realized that I was, my water had broken and I was just, I think knowing because what I had dealt with with the twins, I was even more emotional and so scared because I knew that what this meant and I knew that I was only 27 weeks which when that doctor had told me with the twins that we had made it past a certain week that we would that it it was good I remember him telling me 27 weeks was kind of vital if you can make it 27 weeks then you have a really good chance for your babies to survive and um I remember just standing up and telling Aaron he's right there and he's trying to figure out what's going on and I just remember I started sobbing and saying oh no oh no oh no um my water just broke and we I didn't even have to call I should have maybe called my doctor but I just knew that I needed to get to um the hospital I was very scared and um I remember I had Aaron give me a blessing before we left because I was just crying and I kept trying to tell myself oh maybe maybe it is pee maybe I just pee myself you know um but I knew deep down that it was more that this was another journey we were about to embark on and it was even more scary to me this time because I knew we were just barely at 27 weeks I had just turned 27 weeks um so we had Aaron's a friend come over and then Aaron's parents came over and we headed out to the hospital but I remember I was a mess like I could not stop myself from crying I remember being checked into the hospital and she, she wanted me to talk and tell me tell her what was happening and I I couldn't get the words out. Aaron had to like basically talk and tell her everything. I could not stop. They I remember them coming into our room wanting to deal with insurance and um payments for the medical like right away after we got <laughs> and I'm just sobbing. Like the the worst time to come and talk to somebody is after they have found out they're in early labor. Um, so anyways, tests came back because we have to test it to make sure that um it was definitely my water breaking and it was, and so I knew I was going to be stuck in the hospital until she was born. And that's what the the goal was. The goal was to actually make it just to 30 weeks. And um, sadly, my own doctor couldn't even come and be with me because um, she wasn't contracted with that hospital. But I went to the hospital because that's the hospital that had the, I knew had the NICU. And so that's a whole other story (laughs) of sadness and... um, just being prepared, you know, to not get what she wants, that things don't. My, I learned my lesson and what I always tell new moms is you can have a plan, but it's not always, 
you need to be expected to not have a go your plan. And I I just try to tell the new moms that so you're not just be prepared for something that you don't want or that you don't expect to happen. Um, mm -hmm. How old was, when did you actually go into labor with her? How old was she? So I had her um, with her. My water didn't, or my water broke and then contractions started randomly one night. Um, I was 28 weeks. So I only made it a week and a half in the hospital actually with her. I was almost 29 weeks with her. And my contractions, what was really crazy with this was um, all of a sudden I kept feeling pain down pretty far. And I was like, I kept telling my nurse, I think I'm having contractions. And my nurses were really great. But the one nurse, she said, we're not seeing them on the screen out in the nurse's um, area. And I kept telling her, no, I'm having these contractions. Like, I know it's a contraction. I'm timing them. They're on time every five minutes, every three minutes. Like, I know I'm having contractions. And the weirdest thing is that they weren't popping up for the nurses to see. And she didn't believe me. Like, she didn't really believe me. And I knew that I could tell. And finally, she stayed in the room with me and wanted to time them herself. And then she realized, oh, she really is having these contractions. And we went in and they just got worse and worse. And I had Elsie that morning, no, that afternoon-ish time that day. So September 6th, 2018, we ended up having her. And uh, <laughs> that whole story... I was a crazy woman with that. <laughs> I did not get an epidural. I was going to say, wasn't it all natural? <laughs> um, I did not like the nurse or the doctor that was in charge for me that morning. And she was actually the one doctor I really didn't want to have. I had seen all the doctors while I was in the hospital um, that were hospitalists. And this was the one I did not want. And that's who I got. And she did not want to give me any epidural yet. She kept wanting me to wait. So then I turned into a really crazy person. <laughs> and I was grieving for the nurse. And it, I've never been so vocal, I feel like, in a situation. And I was screaming, get in here, nurse. I need a nurse. And I was so vocal. And... They all came rushing in. I was vocal because I knew I, I'm i having this baby and the NICU team wasn't in there and I knew I needed to have the NICU team in there. Uh, when you have a baby early, like you have your doctor and you have doctors for the baby. And when I had the twins, you have a doctor per baby. It's like a team per baby and for yourself. Anyways, so I knew what I needed to have and I knew my doctor wasn't in there. In fact, Aaron wasn't even in there when I first started getting mad because he was going to get lunch. <laughs> and my dad had to call him and be like, you need to get in here. It's getting like, she's ready. And did they all make it on time? 
they all made it in time. The, uh, I remember turning to the nurse and being like, is it too late for an epidural? And she, <laughs> she thought I was crazy to even think I to ask for that at the moment. But um, it hurt. I don't think it matters the size of the baby. I think it, it no matter what, it hurts because it's, it's so painful. Um, and she was born and she was three pounds, four ounces. And she, I, she was bigger actually than we all thought. So that made me happy. And um, it, that was kind of a neat experience because I wasn't, because I wasn't as drugged. I was very out of it with the twins and um, to get to see her. Um, I didn't even get to hold the twins and I had the twins in the C, when I had the C-section, like they showed it to them to me and they took them away. And with Elsie, even though she was so new, they, they put her on me and I got to hold her. And that was really special because I got to see how little she was. And um, it's always special, right? To have this baby put placed upon you, but um, just how much that went on with her. It was really nice and surprising to get to have her laid upon me um, because I didn't think that I'd get that. And I remember she was very purple. I don't, I've never seen a baby so purple. Um, she was what, like, what was it? The eggplant color? color. What was it? What was it? You know, I don't know. I don't know if just because she was so little that they, that's just how they come out. I don't know. Although I don't, the twins weren't quite like that either. So I don't, um, it was just a very different situation. Um, and how long was Elsie in the NICU? Elsie was in the NICU for nine weeks and she did pretty good. There was a few things she was worried, they were worried about um, with her eye and with little babies, they their eyes don't always fully develop the way that they need to. Um, blood vessels get bundled up and they don't work themselves out. So when she was three months old, four months old, she had eye surgery, laser eye surgery to help fix that part of her eye. Um, but really that worked itself out too. I mean, we didn't know, maybe that would mean you need glasses, but we've gone back and she doesn't need glasses not right now at least and even with her being so new um she was very quite healthy she did have to come home on a feeding tube and that was a whole new thing that we had to deal with and inserting feeding tubes when they drip out um I guess I got to use some of my nursing Your <laughs> with nursing that. skills. <laughs> yeah, I definitely was the one that did that, not Erin. Um, <laughs> well, they make you, you have to learn those things before you leave and make you. you have, they have to make the parents learn those. Um, you, they have, you have to be signed off on those before they can let you leave the NICU with the baby. And she, with her in there, and then with the three kids at home, that was a whole other thing we had to learn and deal with. We were very blessed. This 
with people that were willing to take the kids and to help take them to school. And I know we both had help from our parents. Aaron's parents are pretty close by and mom and dad came from Oregon for a time. Um, and that was hard. I would say that that whole situation was the hardest we dealt with. Um, because I was still waking up. I remember there was a stretch of time we had just come back with the baby and I was still waking up with the baby. And then for some reason, each of my kids took turns waking up during the night. Like someone peed the bed or someone did this. And I remember it was like, I couldn't catch a break. And I remember just <laughs> knowing how, like, how can I do this? Like dealing with, um, you know, in your hormones when you have a new baby, it's just all over the place. And I felt very, um, even though I had Erin, you know, as a mom, like I had to do a lot by myself. I was trying to feed her, pump, all of that. Um, and anyways, that was, that was very new and different and we got through it though and we were very lucky to have the helper around us and the word that helped us out with them so with Elsie she continued to get better and better um you know we had our few times where things with her feeding tube didn't work out or things like that but overall compared to these other little Nikki babies that I knew and I knew the stories of I was very lucky once again and I knew that so how did you find light going through it a second time with Elsie how did you um strengthen feel strengthened I remember this will come back to Elsie, but I remember with the twins, um, it was really hard to learn how to take help from people and how to rely on people to come help me feed the twins and um, to just accept, you know, when I really did need help and not wanting to take it because I felt silly or stupid or like, I'm sure these other moms don't have to deal with this, you know, like, why should I take it? going through that with the twins I feel like helped me prepare myself for when Elsie came because once again I needed that help and even more so because I had other kids and it it helped me be able to say yes I need help or I need can you please come and take the kids for this or I need a break from this or um, people were always willing to help me out and no matter what and I know that I was you know blessed with those around me that were so willing to serve me and I remember this one friend she she didn't know what she could do you know what do you do with someone who has a baby in the NICU and you know kids are in school but she had her husband just go to Costco and get me us tons of snacks, like a huge load of Costco 
different things for the kids and for us just to have on hand. And I just thought that was so incredibly nice. And um, I think just Heavenly Father puts people in your in your life that are there to help you, even with things that you don't realize that you need. And he knows what you need. And he gives the, those people um, the opportunity to serve you. And I, I just think that that's what's got us through so many of the hard times. Well, I know as an onlooker, I know that watching you was amazing and how you handled it. And I know that there are quiet moments where nobody knows what you're feeling, but you, it goes to show that we might look at somebody and see the outside and not realize how much they might feel like they're drowning or overwhelmed or needing a hand to hold them up. So I'm grateful that you've kind of shared those feelings about that. Before we end today, I just want to know, because now you, Jonah and Luke are 10. Well, they'll be 10 um, in the um, fall, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then Elsie's going to be three. And yeah. you've got Eva. Eva six. She's six. <laughs> so tell me, Amber, how you seek light each day of your life. Um, I feel like this is something that I've had to really work at um, and I struggle with like I'm not gonna lie because you can get so wrapped up in everything that you have to do and uh, I have to work really hard at taking the time for myself to read the scriptures or to stay up that extra time to read um and I, I think my biggest thing is, um, well, podcasts have been really great spiritually because it helps me as I can get things done around the house. I can read my scriptures or I can listen to the to, um, spiritual podcasts around that give me that extra light that I need in my life, that I don't take time for myself to just sit down or I can't take the time to sit down and that's really been my like I love doing that now and I've realized that that's what I need in order to get it into my life um but I also think like I said being willing it all these experiences have helped me to realize like I need to let people serve me or I need to reach out to people when I need help and I need to be more willing and open to do that and most especially, it's taught me that I need to pray to ask, like, who can I serve? Who's needing help? And be willing to just go do that. Because I know that, um, I know that feeling of when you need help. And if I can be that for someone else and pray for an experience of who can I help today? Um having gone through that I know that that's how I can find a light in my life and know that I'm helping another way and kind of passing it on to others um so yeah I I think just praying for those ex experiences that I can pass it on to other people that might need it or when they have new babies um that's how I 
do my best at moving forward. Well, coming full circle before we say goodbye, last week, I, as you all know, I told you early on, I was in Arizona and Amber had all of us there really. I mean, she had JJ and her family. She had me and Gannon and Madeline. And on one of the days we were there, Amber had offered to take uh, dinner and dessert to her friend that had had a baby. And it really inspired me because, you know, she had all of us there and she was trying to host, but she made sure to reach out and help her friend. So Amber, (laughs) thank you for your great example. And thank you for sharing your story about the boys and Elsie and how you sought light during that time. Of course. Thank you so much, Beth. I'm glad I can share it and hopefully someone can take something from it. Thank you for doing this podcast. You're so good. (laughs) Thanks, Amber Jean. All right. I am so grateful that you listened to my latest podcast. Please share these episodes with your family and friends. I look forward to being with you again soon. Have a great day.